Good morning, and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumzer. This is show number 270, Stacey. Uh, we should be able to swap places with impunity at this point, huh? I, I would agree. I would agree. We, we should be able to, to understand what each other is going to say. It, it happens at this point in time in these kind of uh, shows, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, so what's up with you? Well, a lot's up with me. A lot's up with me. Um, uh, not only are we sort of dealing with all of the stuff that that's going on globally and around the world, and here in the United States, um, trying to make sure that we are um, commenting on the things that are important to us, and there are a lot of things that are important to us. I think everyone right now. Um, but also um, on a personal level, I uh, have some, some good, exciting announcements um, coming out this week, um, which is always kind of hard to balance the things that are really good in your life with the things that you really want to uh, know are not as good in, in other areas. Um, and this week I'll be going in for surgery on my ankle. For those of you who kind of know me, they know, know that I tend to hobble around some conferences because I have a bad ankle and I'm hopefully going to be addressing that this week. So I have a really busy week, which is why we're a little ahead of the game this week, talking on uh, earlier than our, than our regular Thursday scheduled time. So uh, it's a big week. And how about you, John? I mean, are you, you home this week? Anything big going on for you besides the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not only home. I'm not, I'm not going out anytime soon. I don't, I don't know yeah. if you've noticed, but the, the actual hospitalizations are going up across the country. Yeah. Right. This is not, we have not conquered the coronavirus and we have not done anything but give in to um, 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 people's discomfort at being quarantined for so long. Um, And so, so I expect not only are the, are the cases going to go up, they're going to continue to go up and they're going to be accelerated. And yeah, um, um, and that that's scary because I think I think what's going to happen is that a, a whole awful lot of the stuff that we used to think for normal might have had some chance of coming back, but now that now that we're engineering the second bigger wave, um, the 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 old stuff isn't coming back. Not anytime soon. No, I would have to agree, and, and even as someone who. You know, I had, I had to make a really tough decision about whether or not I was going to get my surgery done because they had opened everything back up. My, my surgery date had already been scheduled uh, way back in the fall um, of last year, and and I sort of had had things sort of set up. But I was like, man, is this the time to be having surgery? North Carolina's numbers are going up. Um, but the doctor's office where I'm going to be doing this is an office that, that would have been closed otherwise. So from a resources perspective, these are nurses and doctors who are generally not on the front line. Um, and they are sort of financially, I think, the area that supports some of the hospitals. But, you know, for me, there were some other risks that I had to, to deal with that, that kind of outweighed it. And that's, I think, a decision that a lot of people are making, right? Like what risks? This is now our, our life, right? Like Like what's the risk level of, going where we need to go to take care of things we need to take care of and are we okay with handling the you know uh, with with having that risk level and everything that we do um and i think everyone has to make that decision on their own and it's a really scary decision right 
Well, you know, that's that's the weird thing. I'm not sure that everybody needs to make that that decision on their own. That's like the, the vaccination idea, that the only people who need to be vaccinated are the people who think it's a good idea. And that's not, that's not how um, the real impact of vaccination works. If you're not vaccinated, then you are a danger. If you are yeah. t- making this decision to expose yourself, then you are eliminating yourself from being able to have social interactions with me. Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Right? So, so it isn't just some people have some opinions and other people have other opinions. This is a, this is a social risk um, question, and the consequence of person X deciding that they're not going to um, be safe is increased risk for everybody else. Yeah. So it's not an individual decision. And, and, and um, um, that's very much not how our country works and how our culture works. So it's a very challenging thing. But, but we are paying already a super steep price for being so individualistic. Right? We have the highest number of cases in the world. We're not the highest. We're we're not the highest population in the world. <laughs> we have the highest number of cases in the world, and not so good. Yeah, no, it, that's a very good comment. I mean, I, I I should probably appropriately say that you know the 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 risk management that you're taking is you're making that decision not just for yourself, but for anybody else that you could possibly come in contact with. You're you're making decision about whether what you're doing is that they can take as well, and I think that's exactly what you're saying, right? And so, you know, one of the the, the conversations I had with my doctor is that after I, you know, I go through all this, you know, I will expect that I will be quarantined. It will help that I will be without able to walk on my ankle for a while, but for the entire, you know, two to three weeks after I get the surgery and the work done. And I have seen more people in the last two weeks in preparation for the surgery than I have in the last three months. And every time I come in contact with someone, I'm thinking, okay, so who else are they coming in contact? And I think that's how people have to think about it, right? So, yeah, no, that's a very good point to be made, um, that, that the risk that you're weighing is not risk for yourself. It's a risk for everyone else that you could possibly meet as well, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so tell me about the really good news. You're starting a new business, starting right now. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we've. Um, so it was sort of the work um, that people started to see come out, and some emails coming out for me is that um, Sierra Cedar had made the decision that they are spinning off the research function that uh, has produced the annual HR system survey for the last. 23 years, um, not because it wasn't something that they valued a great deal. In fact, they gra- gra- valued it so much, they were desperately trying to figure out how to do this in a way that would continue to ensure that it would be successful um, afterwards, but because they as an organization were going in a completely different direction. Um, our sort of agnostic, um, vendor-neutral approach that we had always taken to the research wasn't fitting with the direction they were heading. And so um, myself and the CEO there had a really long conversation about what was the right place for the research and the survey. 
Um, I had been looking to, for many you know, years, um, create a brand new type of research organization. Um, and so it just seemed like this was the right time. Um, although timing is always a conversation that's, that's difficult to have, but um, this was the right time for both me and for the research to move it into its own standalone organization and partner with another organization, um, a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Susan Richards, who ran uh, Steelbridge Solutions, uh, which is a small consulting firm focused on consulting around HR technology strategy and change management and transformation, a lot of the things that, that our research also covers. Um, and so we felt that it would be a great opportunity to put the two organizations together and come up with a brand new organization called Sapient Insights Group. Um, so for everyone who has followed the work that I've done for the last several years at Sierra Cedar, all the research will be coming with us. Um, Sierra Cedar, because again, they were very vested in making sure that it's the research continued will support the research for the next two years, providing some support in technology and some support in brand name and everything and, and use of some of the tools that we need to keep the um, uh, research running. Um, so you will see their name continue to be part of the research for the next several years, um, but you'll also start to see new connections come out from uh, Sapient Insights Group. Um, also partnering with me is uh, Terry Zipper. Um, Terry Zipper is our, our Chief Operating Officer. She also um, had worked with me several years back. Both uh, Susan Richards and Terry come from sort of the Mercer world uh, for a lot of people who know them as well. Some other large global uh, consulting organizations. SEALS is also a minority partner with us as well. Uh, she's a strategic advisor and she is um, also from uh, organizations like Mercer and others. Um, and so it's a, a good group of um, very practitioner-focused, very focused on how we help people get um, data and insights and use them in a practical way. Um, and we're really excited. It's, it's a great opportunity to start something new and have something um, beautiful come out of what has been a very difficult time, um, I think, in our country. So for me, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great place to, to spend uh, some time investing and thinking about what does it look like to be a new research function. So. So I think this this makes you an official Southerner. I've always thought of you as a misplaced Yankee in North Carolina, but now that you're, you've banded together with Susan, who went to VCU in Maryville, yep. and Terry, who um, uh, went to the University of Louisville, and Kim, <laughs> who is from Louisiana State, um, um, all of a sudden, there's this. You're an addition to the uh, already impressive Southern Mafia in the uh, HR <laughs> consulting world. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Are they going to no, teach you how to talk? Are them. they going to teach you how to pro talk properly? There's definitely a lot of y'all that come out sometimes on our conversations, and it's often in in fun. Um, yeah, no, and the food, oh, the food that these women talk about and the and the wine and, yeah, no, definitely great to be part of a, a very um, uh, southern uh, uh, conglomerate of, of sort of um, women who have been in this HR technology business for a very long time. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. And I think the fun thing is that um, all of us have worked at some level um, in sort of a different organizations, both globally as well as locally as well. Um, and so what's sort of neat is we sort of bring our own different perspectives about where we were doing HR and what type of, of organizations we were doing HR for, uh, as well as sort of the global perspective of it. So, so that's been kind of neat too. You know, we, I get to talk to 
you know, um, you know, there's clients that they're working with now who are dealing on a day-to-day basis with what's going on with the COVID-19 crisis, um, how they manage HR laws in Georgia versus how we manage HR laws in North Carolina versus Ohio, where I originally come from, right? And so those kind of differences regionally are really important from an HR perspective, as you have noted many times before, um, more so, I think, than, than some other industries might be. So, yeah, it's been kind of fun. Oh, this is cool. So, so what is the exact point of the business? But so you, you start this business. Yeah. This is a super. This is like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Are you Neil Young? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'm. I'm going to make you really sad, Jen, because I didn't listen to a lot of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, this is a this is a demographics question. You young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, a little before my time. <laughs> but that being said, um, yes, we are we are a a um, bringing together of 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 a, of a group of people who I think we're already doing a lot of really exciting things. Um, so the the purpose of the business is really um, and the reason why we started something new versus just us joining Steelbridge um, is really that we wanted to create. A, a whole different entity, right? That was the, the exciting part about sort of partnering with Susan because she's got an amazing vision about where I, she feels the industry can go from an HR perspective. And from my perspective, it was really nice to be part of an organization where we kind of started from scratch, right? We're rethinking the idea about what we could do because I've always been really excited about the possibilities with um, research advisory services and insights that we can provide to the market with from a data perspective. So the purpose of the organization is to be a research and advisory services function, which basically means that we will have customers that run the gamut from practitioners and corporate uh, clients and customers to some of the vendors who might want some deeper dives in the data to some of the financial market analysts and stuff who also are looking for data in the market and what's happening in the HR space. Um, We will sort of stay in that HR technology space as far as the, the research goes. Uh, we will continue to sort of manage all of the things that fall on the edges of, of HR technology and finance technology. So we will be also doing the finance technology space as well. Um, so the change management, the um, transformation, the strategy work that goes around it, the um, policies and procedures that, that fall around it, all of that stuff we provide um, services for our customers on, as well as data and insights from the research. We all have a very strong belief that the research that we provide is a community service. So we will continue to provide the annual HR system survey and the annual finance and supply chain management system surveys um, as a service to the community. Um, as we'll be providing the aggregate findings to the market as a whole, as we have always done year after year. Um, what we will be able to do now, though, is have more resources who can help us slice that data in ways that I think will provide more insight for uh, individual organizations and um, the vendors and the industry as a whole about how they can think differently about um, the decisions they're making around the technology that is serving our industry. So that's our goal, is is to provide people with data and insights that can help them make better choices and decisions. Cool, cool. So so if I want to find out about all of that and want to do business with you guys, what do I do? <laughs> Not trying to be a commercial on that front, but yes, no, there's definitely as a small business, um, 
always good to to hear feedback and insights and also um, if anybody's interested in finding out a little bit more about us, it's it's pretty simple. You go to sapient at uh, sapientinsights.com, so um, all one word, or you can um, look me up on LinkedIn at Stacey Harris on LinkedIn, um, and there's details there that will link you back to the company. Um, we also have a press release that's coming out this afternoon around 3 p.m. Uh, about the work that we're doing and the combination of the two organizations. Um, so lots of good stuff and, and happy to answer any questions people might have. Because I you know one of the biggest things that, that was my concern when I first started looking for a home for the Sierra Cedar HR system survey research and the finance and supply chain research was where am I going to find someone who respects the um, importance of this, the tradition of this in our community. And I was really, really excited to find a home with um, Susan and Terry and Kim and, and they they value that research as much as anybody else in the industry because They've leveraged it for their clients for a long time. Um, the other thing that we're very sensitive about is that, you know, we were trying to decide when to have the launch of this um, organization. We were actually supposed to do it last week, and we felt that was just not appropriate. It was more important to make sure that the conversations that were taking place last week took place um, in the way that they needed to take place. We know those conversations are continuing this week as well around the, the black community and the work that they're doing to try and engage the market. So we're also just being very aware that this is a sensitive time, and we're our goal right now is to just make sure that people know that we're here and that you know we're open to conversations, um, but we don't want to take attention away from all of the really great conversations that are happening right now. And so it's going to be a little bit of a quiet open, I guess you would say. Uh, we needed to get the placard out just so people knew how to reach us and knew why I was emailing from a new email. So um, that's really our goal this week. So. Got it. Well, congratulations. This sounds this sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, and that you will be able to have more real time conversations with the people who respond to the survey and their um, um, view of the world. So I assume this is going to make the research better. I I think so. Right. I mean, that's one of the challenges when I was at Sears Theater. As much as they were really vested in this, is that. I, you know, we were sort of limited by just the number of resources that we had. And so it, just to run the research with the small team that we had, it was a year-round effort. And I did not get to talk to many, as many people as I would like to about the research and the work that we're doing. And um, what was really important is that um, now I get the opportunity to not only expand the team a little bit so that we get more space for that, but I actually get the chance to, like you said, talk to practitioners and um, be more invested in some of the work that they're doing and get a sense that on how it's happening on the ground. I've actually missed that a lot. Um, I used to do it uh, back in the day, back when I used to work at Burson and Associates. I was a little bit more involved in projects people were working on, talked a little bit more with the practitioners on a regular basis because I had time for that and it fit into the work that I was doing. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back to that. I know you and I have had that conversation um, a lot of times we get buried in the data, and if you don't get on the ground and talk to people who are who are really living it every day, um, that data tells a very different picture once you get more insight into what people are doing every day. So, yeah, good point. Yep. Cool. So, what? well, I don't know. There isn't anything else nearly this important in the news, but what <laughs> else is there? I, there? There are some other things, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's not all about today today, without a doubt. Um, but it is exciting news for me, so um, you'll you'll hear more about it. 
Um, but yeah, I know the other stuff going on this week, I think it, it is related to some of the stuff we were talking about last week, right? That the changes happening both for the HR community as a whole, the black community as a whole, the conversations that are taking place, difficult conversations inside of our organizations and inside of our associations that are important to have. And I'm, I don't know about everybody else, you know, but I know I am really glad that we're able to have those conversations and we're seeing that in the data as well. Um, and in the, um, articles and the comments that are coming out. So one is um, about the made job reports. There is a claim that in that environment with everything that's going on, that maybe the Bureau of Labor Statistic is not using the methodology that people think they should be using. So that might be worth a conversation today in the middle of everything that's going on. Um, there's also some interesting stuff going on with a company called OneTouch.io. Uh, which is employing AI to identify and protect sensitive enterprise data. Um, it's a new organization. It's gotten some additional investment and in funding, so $14 million in funding. Um, one of the things I think that this whole conversation that we're having in the market right now with COVID-19 and conversation about skills has brought up, which is you know, where does that sensitive data sit? How do we manage it? Um, IBM had some interesting news they were making this week they are getting out of the facial recognition business um, and calling on Congress to advance policies tackling racial injustice. So definitely in line with some of the other conversations that we had last week. Um, so it would be interesting to, to hear if you feel that getting out of the facial recognition business will do any difference there for them. And we also have, I think, some industry news. Um, People Strategy and Peanut Butter are partnering to bring student loan assistance programs to the small business. Um, even in this market that we're in, that kind of conversation makes sense for a lot of young uh, new employees. And Oracle released a whole new program. I think it's very similar to what we've seen with some other organizations. Uh, Gretchen Alicorn did a really nice uh, write-up on it, though, um, of a packaged group of, of solutions helping people bring people back to work um, in a, a little bit more of a safe way by using the technology to do that. So lots of stuff going on this week, even though it's not been a big business news. Any of those areas you want to talk a little bit more deeper about, John? Um, yeah, I think, I think. Well, we we ought to talk about the BOS numbers and yeah. um, um, the, you know, this is one time, and so. So you can forgive it as a classification error, which is what they claimed. Um, but if it happens again, then you, then we won't have any choice but to understand that the administration is manipulating the statistics to make the stock market work. And there was an explosive um, bump in the Dow Jones Industrial Average as the result of this report, which grossly understated uh, the unemployment rate. Um, and so <clears throat> um, in our world, in, in, in HR, HR tech, and people analytics, we depend on consistency in methodology for data. Right. And, and, and if there is a player, whether they're the government or not, who is monkeying with foundational data to make themselves look good, this is not a, this is not a trivial thing. 
this is not a trivial thing at all. This is this is sabotaging the economy in order to make yourself look good and get a stock market bump. And um, not okay. Really not okay, right? So, yeah. so This one hit me. Yeah, I would agree. If, if there's a topic to talk about, because as you're right, you know, data, we live by and die by data, right? You know, I mean – and how well you clean data and the, the, the numbers you use to cut data by, right, it makes a difference in people's lives on an everyday basis, particularly with the Bureau of Labor Statistic data. Now, if I understand what it happened is in the month of May, they basically under they, they, they basically had a slip in a number that they hadn't paid attention to so that now looking back, all the numbers weren't, they were they were better than what they were reporting, I guess, so that the number looks like now we actually had a drop of uh, decline by about 13.3%, where it was up to 15%. But if you really looked at it, they had just reported the numbers incorrectly, is, is what I'm understanding. Um, but I think what's, what's even more sort of egregious about this is that if you're looking at this data and you're looking at it by aggregate, there's a whole other conversation that's not being had right now. Because in aggregate, in all, yes, we're at 13.3%, but that really only applies to a very certain segment of what's happening in the market. If we look at black men, you're looking at basically a 16% unemployment, even at the incorrect rating and assessment that they're doing. Black women are at 17.5%. Hispanic women are at 19.5%. We're only looking at a subsection of our market and we're not giving a full picture even with the incorrect data as it stands and that to me is is probably the more egregious issue that we're dealing with in the market right yeah yeah but but at the fundamental level you know this is let's so so the number of unemployed people fell month over month by 22 million right the unemployment rate is the number of unemployed people divided by the um, um, total workforce. The total workforce is about 160 million. So if the number of unemployed fell by 22 million, then that should be about a 16% unemployment rate before you added on top of the people who were already unemployed before the what, what is this? These are these are May's numbers. May's so, numbers. So, yeah. the, the, so there already were thirteen percent unemployed, and that means that the real number is closer to thirty yeah. percent, right? And, and to have this level of uh, lack of clarity in the in the reporting is means that that we're walking that we're walking into a place we don't understand with a blindfold on. No. Um, and and, and the, we're doing it in a way that we're we're not looking at the whole group as a whole either. So it's you know we're just looking at you know a piece because that seems to be the piece that's the number that we like to see, right? Yeah, yeah. So so this area this area is has been religiously kept from political interference. Yeah. And um, if the current administration is going to going to screw with that as well. Um, and this is, you know, this is just one more nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, but it makes it very hard to understand what the right things are to do to solve the problem. 
does. And, and I think that the hard thing is that we look at some of the, the, the news from the businesses, right? It, it, it's the, the corporations that are trying to take some conversation around data and, and ownership around it. But the question becomes, if we can't trust the BLS data or the government data, can you trust corporate data, right? Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, $14 million that being invested in an organization just because they are focused on identifying and protecting sensitive enterprise data within your organization, right? Making sure that people can't access it, who shouldn't be able to access it, or making sure I can find the data that I need to be, get rid of in my environment because of things like GDPR. And then organizations like IBM pulling back from facial recognition, which is a whole other set of, of data conversations, do you think the future is that corporations are going to be the ones that are good, that we're going to have to go to for the data that we need to make decisions about our, our world, right, in, in their own independent stand instead of a, a government entity, right? So, so just one minute left. <laughs> <laughs> the, answer, the answer, the answer is corporations can't do this on their own. There are um, pretty interesting benchmarking initiatives that combine data across customer bases. There's just nobody who has everybody as a customer except maybe um, companies like Paychex or ADP. Who have, you know, if you could, if you could get the data put together um, between Paychex and ADP, you might have something really interesting. Um, and each of those, each of those people individually can can provide a good guess, but collectively they have all the data, right? And so, the, so that would be that would be if the government is going to politicize this data that somebody's going to need to come in and straighten it out. Somebody's well, got I to, because. That, Go ahead. I was just going to say that is, is that a bit of the, the watchdog role that journalists and, you know, industry influencers and people who are sort of watching things have to start taking is where's the, where's the data, where's the most, you know, clean and accurate data available because it's really hard, I think, for people to figure that out, right? Well, yeah, and the problem is that um, those people aren't being paid to create data and do research. No. Right? And so and so to say we're going to throw it over the wall and the journalists will pick it up, um, the, I, I don't know about you, but all the magazines I get are getting skinnier because nobody's advertising in them. And when people don't advertise in the magazines, they go away. Um, and so, and so, journalism is journalism is dwindling quickly. And citizen journalists like you and I don't have the resources to pr produce um, 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 yeah, they don't have the resources to produce data at the accuracy levels that we need. No, not at the, not the watchdog level or at the BLS level that, that you need across the globe. Yeah. No, I would have to agree. That this is a difficult conversation. Maybe it swings yep. back to where we started when we were talking about why I 
<laughs> we're starting our own little research group. I don't know that we can solve that particular problem for the whole world without a doubt, but um, but it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing to to not know where the data is at and and who has the right calculations. And I think I think that's maybe the bigger conversation we had in the market, which is 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 you know, what is the role of government? What is the role of corporations? What is the role of other entities in managing data for us, right? And that, that's a conversation I think we're all worth having. Maybe we'll have to talk about it next week a little bit more. Yep. Yep. Okay, well, another great conversation, and congratulations on the start of Sapient Insights. S-A-P-I-E-N-T-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S dot com. It's going to be great to see what you do with that. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Sumser, and we will see you back here same time as usual next week, which is Thursday morning at 8 o'clock Pacific. Bye-bye now. And here come those Irish guys. Mm-hmm.